everyone said and praise the Lord. Amen. And what an honor it is to be here tonight and to be with your pastor. I was thinking this morning as I was meditating in the word and when I first met your pastor I was 1-4 and today I am 4-1. <laughs> Hallelujah. God has been good to us. Amen. Amen. What a wonderful God we serve. Amen. I'm glad he clarified, clarified not to dismiss because I have done that before. And uh, I was evangelizing up in the northwest area and a pastor told me, he said, do whatever you feel. I don't care if you dismiss them. And I, so I walked up to the desk and I dismissed them. Amen. Praise God. And we came back. I even made the announcements. Came back the next day and had more church the next day. Praise God. But God is good. And indeed, it is an honor to be here and to stand in this pulpit. A man of God that has much corn in the crib. And uh, a man that I esteem. A doctrinal preacher. A man that I wish that I just had half of his intelligence in the Word of God. And I feel like I could be okay. And I do give them honor for their work here in Olathe, as well as the work that they have labored, endeavored, and had a burden for in the country of Africa. And it takes special individual to be able to do things like that. Amen. And you have that special individual. Praise God. As you're turning to the book of Matthew, chapter number one, I'll say thank you, uh, Elder Riggin, for having us here tonight. <clears throat> And he had asked me to come, and um, I went to my office last night, and uh, I, actually there was somebody there at the school, and so I wound up doing several other things before I was able to settle down, but I felt the Lord speak to me very, very plainly concerning this word here tonight. I've never preached this message in this wise. I have preached upon this topic but never this message like this and I I really feel the burden of the word of the Lord upon me today I believe that I'm going to preach to people here tonight that not only need to hear the word of God but um, if you will act upon the word of God here tonight I feel like there is no telling what can happen it's not because I'm some great preacher I am not I feel the very least of all in God's kingdom it's not because I am anybody at all and I believe that several men many men could stand here and preach this word here tonight and come up with better uh, or as as good a results but I feel like the burden is going to be upon us today as the hearers of the word of God I really feel like that is where the weight is going to be. It is going to be upon us as hearers of the word of God. And so from the book of Matthew chapter number one, I want to draw your attention to a familiar passage of scripture here tonight, beginning at verse number 20. The Bible says, But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. 
and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Would you say that part with me? And thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Amen. I want to just preach to you here for a little while tonight about the very powerful name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The powerful name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I want us to pray here one more time tonight that the word of God would not just come forth, God, but that it would not come forth and return void, but that we would mix it with faith here tonight that he could do as he desires to do amongst us. In the name of Jesus, lift your voice with me today. today Jesus I am nothing without you father um, God I come unto you Lord in faith believing um, I know Lord Jesus that you can do anything Lord um, and I pray God that your work would be done I bind every spirit of hell uh, in the name of Jesus I bind depression and discouragement I bind despair in Jesus name um, move in this place and we'll give you all of the glory in Jesus name um, Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, we worship you. We exalt you and praise your name today, God. We glorify you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen and amen. God bless you and you may be seated. I really feel tonight, and part of all of this, just the clarification and the confirmation of the word of the Lord here tonight, and uh, I, I really have not had any problems with my voice until this morning. And, uh, and then my voice is all scratchy and it just feels weak. And so I just know that the Lord wants to help us out here today. I want to take your attention back into the book of Exodus. And there in the beginning we see and know that there were the children of Israel, God's people. God's people that he had put together and basically put them into Egypt, a type of incubator to build them, to make them into what that they needed to be. And then the Bible says there in the book of Exodus chapter number 2 that, that uh, when the children of Israel began to cry out unto the Lord that he had heard them. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm so glad that he hears us in our times of need. It said, and it came to pass in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. And the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage. And they cried and their cry came up unto God by reason of the bondage. And God heard their groaning. And God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. 
And God looked upon the children of Israel and God had respect unto them. And uh, we know that there was a man by the name of Moses. And at this time he is on the backside of a desert tending to his father-in-law's sheep. And uh, the Lord begins to talk to him from a burning bush. And he says, now therefore behold the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me. And uh, I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians uh, oppress them. And then a little few or a few verses later we see, uh, read that Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. And so we know that this happened. And uh, then later that God would deliver the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. And we know that they would wander around in a wilderness. And we know the stories uh, that would transpire over the years. But years later down the road we would see that there was some people by uh, uh, under the Babylonians that would come against the Israelites. And one more time even as they were in, in, uh, uh, in Egypt would bind them and put them into captivity. And through the process of a few times of, of coming down there and, and uh, bringing several back to Babylon. All of those that could war uh, were taken back unto Babylon. Uh, and we know that they uh, uh, revolted against it there in Jerusalem. And so the king would go down and he would burn the temple and he would take them all back to Babylon. Uh, and there in Babylon they were held captive. Amen. Because we see and know that for years they looked over into Babylon from the other side of the river. And they, they were jealous of all of the gods that the Babylonians had. And they envied all of the gods that they had. And finally, uh, God gave them over to the idols uh, of their hearts. Uh, and there in Babylon, uh, they looked and saw just at one gate over 500 pagan gods uh, embroidered into that gate. Uh, amen. When one of them was not Jehovah God. And so there they sat. Uh, and they are in the Psalms. It is recorded that they sat beside uh, the willows and they hung their harps up uh, and that their captives required of them a song and they said how shall we sing the songs of the Lord or the holy songs in a strange land and so the Babylonians were saying look at the oppression that you are under look at the heavy bondage that you are under look at all of the weight that is upon you and I want to know where your song is now 
Can you still sing he set me free? Can you still sing the mighty God is Jesus and the Prince of Peace is he and it's all in him. Can you still sing about the shackles that have fell fallen from your feet so that you can dance? And where is the joy that was put into your soul? Amen. The Babylonians looked at them and mocked them and said, go ahead. We'll sit right here while you sing unto us your song. Sing unto us amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Go ahead and lift up your voice and sing the holy songs of Israel. And the Israelites said, how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? How can we do it when we are under the bondage and the oppression that we are in? But there came a day that the tide turned and the new king of Babylon allowed them to go back Jerusalem. Amen. And so they made their way back to the land of Jerusalem. And on the way they began to talk amongst themselves and began to talk about how sore displeased that God was in giving them over to their captives and the years that they spent in bondage. And they knew that their holy God, amen, was a was, upset with them and soon after that probably within the next 50 years they made a decree amongst themselves that the name of God would not be uttered among the common folk that nobody of the common people would be able to utter the name of God for fear of blasphemy some 400 years before Christ the Jews made and declared a law. He man that even none of the priests would be able to utter the name of God. Hallelujah. And then some 300 years, about 270 years before Christ was born and the high priest had passed off of the scene, they made another decree that not even the high priest could utter the name of God. And so when they would begin to read the scriptures every time in the hearing of all that came and congregated to hear the reading of the scriptures the priest would begin to read but when he got to the name of God he would pause and he would read and he would implement or inject the name of Adonai there instead of saying Jehovah he would pause and he would bow his head and he would say Adonai and all of the congregation in reverence would bow their heads and they would say Hashem which simply meant the name they realized and knew what the name was but they would not utter that name across their lips and so when the priest began to read and would come to that word that name and say Adonai a holy reverence would come about them and in reverence they would bow their heads and they would say oh the name Hashem the name but they would never utter the name of God
I find it unique that some 400 years before Christ was born that the Jews made this law that no common folk was supposed to utter the name and some 270 years before Christ that they finally did away with the name complete the name of their God the name of the God that brought them out of Egypt the name that they wanted to know the name that was suspenseful and mysterious among them that they did not know and they cried out by reason of bondage Amen. And they cried for a deliverer. And when Moses came, they said, Who sent you? And he said, The I am that I am. When he spoke unto Moses in Exodus chapter number 6, he said, By my name was I not known unto them. I did not reveal the name of who I am. I did not reveal that I am Jehovah God. Up until this point, they had no idea what the name of their God was. They just knew that he was God, and that's about it. But now that they know his name, and they feel like they have upset him, and it's a point of almost blasphemy, they refuse to use the name that brought them out. They refuse to call a man to clarify and to vocalize the name that got them out of their heavy bondage. Amen. And so my mind began to think. And I thought how ironic it is that some 400 years before Christ that the Jews would state nobody is going to say the name of God. And it just so happens to be, I don't think so, that some 400 years before Christ is also called what? The silent years. The silent years. Nobody heard from God. There was not a voice that was hearing from God and talking to the people. God was saying, if you don't want to call on me, I'm not interested in talking to you. If you don't want to use my name, I'm not interested in coming down and speaking my words unto your ears. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And so 400 years, they said, we're not going to speak the name of Christ. And the priest said, we're not going to speak the name of Christ or the name of God. And the high priest 270 years before said, we're not going to utter the name of God. And God said, I'm not going to lift my voice and talk to you then. If you don't want to talk to me and you don't want to call out to me, then I'm not going to be found. Hallelujah. And so we would see that when the fullness of time had come that God robed himself in flesh and came and dwelt amongst us and the angel of the Lord came and told Joseph you're, you're, uh, Mary don't be afraid to take her to be your wife for that which is conceived of her is of the Holy Ghost he said and thou shalt call his name Jesus 
for he shall save his people from their sins. They knew that there was only one Savior and that beside their God there was no other Savior. Amen. What kind of feeling Joseph must have had when he heard that this child, amen, that Mary was a, that Mary was pregnant with was, amen, going to be called Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. And the angel said, Call him Jesus, amen, which means Jehovah has become our salvation. The angel did not stop there. He said, because it's going to fulfill the prophecy that Isaiah had when he said that a virgin would be with child and his name would be called Emmanuel, which interpreted means God with us. Hallelujah. I can imagine the anticipation that began to mount upon Joseph and even Mary as they realized that what was coming through them was a messianic promise. It was a miracle. It was a prophecy that they were going to experience. When they looked upon that holy child, I believe that they understood I'm not looking at just another babe, but I am looking at the Messiah. I am looking at the anointed one. Somebody asked, what is his name? And Joseph turned and said, his name is Jesus. That's what you're going to call him. When he is out and about, you're going to call him Jesus. When he comes around, you're going to call him Jesus. That is his name. Call him Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. And for years, they called him Jesus. Amen. Oh, and we know who he upset. He upset the Pharisees. He upset, amen, the, 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 the Jews. He upset the scribes. He always upset them. And we're going to talk about that here in just a little bit. But I want to skip forward here a little bit now. And I want to bring something back. Because there is a man by the name of John who is old and who has lived through the Isle of Patmos by himself. Who saw heaven coming down, a new Jerusalem. Who heard the voice of God and turned and fell upon his face because he saw one whose raiment was up. Was uh, uh, was glowing. He man. He knew who he was looking at. Hallelujah. How did he know who he was looking at? He told us in the book of 1 John chapter number 1. He said that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, which our hands have handled. I've touched him. I have felt him. I felt his embrace. I've laid against his chest. Amen. I was called, amen, the one that he he loved a man, he said, and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested unto us, and we have seen it, and have beheld it, and show unto you, a man, that father, father, it was manifested unto us. We declare him unto you. Amen. That's how John knew it. 
John knew who he was talking about. John knew who he was looking at. And so now the Spirit of God is moving upon him to write. Amen. And he looks at it. And he thinks to himself, I am the only one that is left. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they're gone. They have written their books. They wrote unto the Jews, the Romans, and the Greeks. Amen. And he could think to himself, Peter and Paul are gone. Amen. Nero has killed them. There is none of the original apostles left. Amen. But yet nobody has written unto the church. And somebody's got to write unto the church. Amen. Because you see, there was some things that John and the church was fighting. There, there was probably a, a three or four predominant sects and religions that was going on in that time. We know that Gnosticism was going strong. We know that the Ebionites were there. And the Ebionites were saying that Christ was nothing but a man. That he was just another prophet. A man just like Jeremiah or Ezekiel or even Daniel. And then there was the Docetist. And they believed that he was not flesh that he was purely spiritual and that he was some phantom of the era not to be copied over again that he was a one and only time of happening and then there was the Corinthians and they believed that God that, that Christ was flesh they did not believe that the, the flesh was also spirit they believed at baptism the spirit of God came down and connected itself with Christ and they as a dual nature as two individuals coexisted together and at the cross they separated and went their ways but John was saying you don't know him like I know him you didn't hear his voice and that's when he begins to write that which was from the beginning which we have heard which we have seen with our eyes which we have looked upon and our hands have handled what were you doing John I'm doing away with all of this that is saying that he is nothing but spiritual I'm bringing the humanity into this. I'm expressing the divine and the essential humanity of Christ. But in the gospel of John he said in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the same was in the beginning with God. Later on he said and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. What are you doing John? I'm telling you he was more than just a human. He he was God manifest in the flesh. He was the anointed one. He was the Messiah. John is saying, we've come too far. Oh, I feel the Lord here tonight. John is saying, we've come too far to give this to the dogs now. We're not going to let some false doctrine come in and take over this. We're not going to let the blood that was shed be in vain. We're not going to let the revelation that we got be in vain. I remember when Jesus looked at all of us and he said, Whom do men say that I am? And we began to answer and say, 
Some say that thou art Elias. And some say that thou art Jeremiah. Just a prophet. No deity. And he looked and he said, But whom do you say that I am? And I remember Peter as he lifted up his voice. And he looked and he said, Thou art the Christ. You're the Messiah that the Jews have looked for for some 1,000 years that they prophesied was coming. You are the one. And Jesus looked at him and he said, Blessed are thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh is not rebuilded unto you by my Father which is in heaven. And he said, Upon this revelation, I'm going to build the church. I want you to know that the church is built upon the revelation of the mighty God in Christ Jesus. The church's foundation, amen, is centralized and focalized upon the name, that saving name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to get started here in just a little bit today. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. And so, John is not just telling us Amen. He is not saying simply uh, uh, the things that Jesus did. John's books are completely unique. You don't find the parables in the book of John. Amen. There's a lot of stuff that you don't find in the book of John. Because he's not just interested in repeating what Jesus said. He's not just interested in repeating what Jesus did. But he is reiterating who Jesus was. And he is calling the church attention back to this. As false doctrine is hammered away at the church. As the spirits of hell are hammering away at the church. Trying to take the church's liberty. Trying to take the church's joy. Trying to take the church's peace of mind. Amen. Constantly. It's the here and despair there it's discouragement from over here and they're wondering my God what do we do and John is saying I'm going to tell you what you do you get your focus back upon Jesus Christ that's what you do Praise the Lord. I'm here to tell you tonight that if we lose the revelation of who Jesus is, if we lose the revelation of what he did for us, there is no other revelation in this Bible that even matters. Divine healing does not work without the name of Jesus Christ applied unto it. Worship accomplishes absolutely nothing when we fail to recognize who we are worshiping. 
Worship cannot be measured in how many times we run the aisles. Worship cannot be measured with how many times we jump up and down. Worship cannot be measured by the songs that we sing or whether we clap our hands or not. But the Bible says that the hour is now come. Amen. That the Father seeks those that worship Him in spirit and in truth. Honey, that's what separates us from the charismatics. It is the revelation of who that we worship uh, that makes us different uh, than the powerhouse. Uh, amen. And the churches down the road uh, and the charismatics uh, that want to juke and jive. Uh, they don't know him. Uh, they haven't experienced him. Uh, they have not been delivered. Uh, they have not been set free. Uh, they have not been saved. Uh, they're still hooked on cigarettes. Uh, they're still living in adultery. Uh, they're still living in immorality. Uh, it is God uh, and God alone. Uh, that is able to set us free. Salvation, salvation cannot work without the name of Jesus Christ. For then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. Call upon that name of Jesus for neither is there salvation in any other for there is no other name under heaven whereby we must be saved. Did he not say that these signs shall follow them that believe that in my name they shall cast out devils. In my name they're going to speak with new tongues. In my name they're going to take up serpents. In my name if they drink any deadly thing it shall not hurt them. And if they lay hands on the sick they shall recover. I'm just asking you today what do we really have when we fail to mention the name of Jesus. What do we really have when we fail to call out to the man, to the God that delivered us from a life of sin. Hallelujah. And so the main problem that the Jews had with Jesus was not necessarily because of what he was doing but it was because they still possessed that holy name that name that we don't speak that name that we inject Adonai and all the people say Hashem we don't say that name around here it's a holy name and somebody asked this little 12 year old boy what's your name son I'm Jesus I think we need to keep extra eye on this kid over here do you hear what that kid just say blasphemous he knows the rules, and yet he's willing to still say it. Oh, 
not only did he say it, he said, I am. Not only was he calling and uttering the name of God, he was saying to everybody, I am that name. They had fits. It didn't bother Jesus at all. Just stay in the book of John. You come to the book of John chapter number 3 and you've got this great synagogue pastor that comes up to Jesus. And what does he not do? He does not use his name. Instead he uses some titles because he's afraid of Jesus. There's things that he doesn't understand, but he's not going to break the rules. And at night he comes up to him and he says, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. We don't know how you're doing the things that you're doing. And basically Jesus told him, he said, you're not going to understand it. Until you are born again, there's some things that you will not understand. <clears throat> That's what he was saying. Jesus just looked at him and basically perceived his thoughts. And he told him, he said, except a man be born again of water and spirit, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He's not talking fleshly, he's talking spiritual. He's not talking about some new Jerusalem with streets of gold and all that other stuff. He's talking about this revelation of salvation. He said... You will not, you know what I'm talking about because you've said the same thing yourself many, many, many times. Do you see what I'm saying? And you shake your head, yes. What I meant, what I could have said is, do you understand what I'm saying? But instead I said, do you see what I'm saying? Do you see it yet? Do you see what I'm saying? That's exactly what Jesus did. You look up that word see and that's what it meant. It means to understand, to comprehend. And Jesus looked at Nicodemus and he said, Except you're born again of the water and the Spirit, you're not going to comprehend. I know you've got questions. And I could give you the answers right now, but you will not understand them. Rabbi, uh -huh. you're afraid to use the name. Well, look, I, I see what you're doing. You're not going to understand it. That's John chapter number 3. John chapter number 4. Here he goes to the woman at the well. And there's a woman at the well and she's drawing. He says, give me some water. And, and, and he said, you know, if you would have asked of me, I would have given you living water. And you would never thirst again. And what was he saying? He was saying, I am the living water. What did she wind up calling him? Master, Rabbi, thou, he, she, thou art a prophet. Oh, she, there was something about this. I am the living water. Uh-huh. He didn't stop there. He just continued to go on and on. And by John chapter number 8, he's got them so mad that they're looking at stoning him. Because he has told them, he said, I am the bread of life. I am the word. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the light. And except anybody come by me, you're not going to get to heaven. 
he was rubbing it into them as he began to tell them everything and then when it came down there to the very end he looked at them and he said before Abraham was I am friend that was the straw that broke the camel's back here is this man declaring to be Jesus Jehovah has become my salvation not just uttering it but saying that he is and they looked at him and they said you're not even 50 years of age what were they saying you don't have the authority to talk like that and he told them he said before Abraham was I am and they looked around and they picked up rocks and they went to stone him why because he was uttering that wonderful name and proclaiming to be that name that's only the half of it because as he went around and he began to do things people began to ask who is that that's Jesus Jesus that's Jesus and what do we have we have the lepers coming unto him the lepers didn't say rabbi the, ra- the lepers looked and it's one place they said Jesus thou son of David if thou wilt thou can make me clean and he said you called me oh yeah you called me I will be thou clean we see a man that is sitting down and he's blind and he's a beggar and does he begin to yell out Rabbi! Rabbi! No, he sure does not. But he begins to cry out. I believe the Jews were so mad they were kicking cans. They were hot. Here's this blind man saying, Jesus! Jesus! And what does the Bible say? That he stopped. Somebody call my name. Who called my name? Oh, just a little blind man over there. He's just a beggar. He can't, he can't add anything unto you. You're not going to be better by going and saying, He said, bring him to me. If he called me, I want to see him. Go get that blind man. Come here, Bartimaeus. What's going on? You called him. He, you got to come on. What do you want? That you would heal me. Touch my eyes. Jesus said, I sure will. And he could see. What about the man at Gadara? He man who was full of devils. This is where it starts getting powerful now. Full of devils. No man could bind him. No man could keep him subdued. No man could temper him down, chain him up. And Jesus stepped onto the shore. And this man broke his chains. And he came running to Jesus and fell down at Jesus' feet. And he did not say, Rabbi! He did not say, Master! He said, Jesus! Did you come to torment me before my time? Jesus looked at him and said, Hold thy peace and come out of him. Amen. We know that all of this happened. And we could go on and on and on. We could look at a woman with the issue of blood. And the Bible said that when she heard 
that Jesus was coming her way. She got up out of her weak, feeble condition. She dressed herself and she made her way through the crowd and she pushed through and she reached out and she got his attention when she touched him and immediately she was healed. Amen. Because she heard that Jesus was coming by. I've simply come to tell us here today that we live so subpar and so, sub, so below where Jesus really wants us to live. I feel like there are some things. I said all of that to say this to this church. I feel like there are some things that we have just declared. This is my lot in life. This is the thorn. That I have been given. This is just the stage of life. That I am in. This is just the situation that I'm going through. And we live a frustrated life. You still believe that he has all power. But you're not willing to call upon that name. Oh yeah, you've still got a God. And you worship that God. But when's the last time you fell down at an altar and just lifted your voice and said, Jesus! No. That would be too embarrassing. I am telling you today in the Holy Ghost that that is a trick and a lie that the devil sold the children of God. Amen. 400 years before Christ was ever born. Do you hear me tonight? I said that the devil wrote it up and gave it to him and said, Shine it into law. Holy name you will not utter. And the devil knew the whole time what he was doing. I've got to get the name away from them. I've got to get the name out of their heart. Because that name has hope. That name has peace. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, what, what was prophesied in Isaiah 9 and 6. Amen. That the child would be born and the government would be upon his shoulders. And his name would be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. And the enemy said, I've got to get that name away from him. Because when I take it away from him, everything's not going to be so wonderful anymore. When I take it away from them, the, the, the peace of mind that they have, it's not going to be there anymore. It's going to be anxiety. It's going to be stress. It's going to be depression. It's going to be discouragement. I've got to get the name away from them. Amen. That, that when they go to the altars, they go down to the altars with a woe is me mentality. I got to get them to where they dress in nothing but sackcloth and ashes. That they don't have the garments of praise upon them. And if I can get the name away from them, that's exactly where they're going to be. 
If I can get the name out of their heart, he won't even speak to them. Because he's as close as the mention of his name. I'm talking to somebody here tonight that your problem is bigger than you are. Your problem is bigger than your finances are. Your problem is bigger, amen, than your wisdom and your intellect. I'm talking to somebody here tonight uh, that your problem uh, is weighting you down. Uh, and you don't know that you can go, uh, amen, much further. Uh, you're struggling, you're trying, uh, amen. But slowly, uh, the energy, uh, the zeal, uh, the virtue, the joy uh, is being drugged out of you. Uh, why? Because there's something about uh, going to the name going to the altar uh, and getting down. Hey, I'm telling you, you're still a child of God. Uh, you still got a right uh, to stand up uh, and say, devil, uh, I rebuke you uh, in the name of Jesus. Some of you need to stand up right now and you need to look at your problem and you need to say in the name of Jesus I bind you right now by the authority that the word of God has given me in the name of Jesus be cast into the sea. I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. Somebody is getting some hope here right now. Somebody is getting some hope. The name is coming back upon you. The name is being washed out. You're ready to say it. I'm telling you, yes, you can have it. Yes, you can experience it. Yes, you can have joy. I'm talking to somebody tonight that is depressed. I'm talking to, to somebody tonight that you are bitter with where life has led you. You are bitter with what is going on. And I'm going to tell you what the problem is. The problem is you refuse to take it to Jesus. You say, well, I go to God in prayer. Yeah, you go to God in prayer. Amen. But I am telling you that there is power in the name of Jesus. When we go to a baptismal tank and they are bound with sin and they've got adultery and fornication and lies and immorality and perversion and all of this nasty junk upon them and they go into this water and we say in the name of Jesus they go down and they come up and none of it is there anymore. You tell me what's the difference in them going down in the water huh? and somebody that God died for huh? that you've already been born again huh? and you can't have that deliverance? The problem is is you don't want to have it. You're happy being bitter. You're happy being depressed. 
If you're not, get up. Shake the devil off. Get down here to the front and say, man of God, anoint me with oil and pray for me in the name of Jesus. I believe that everything is possible here tonight because my God still has the power over death, hell, and the grave. All power is given unto him both in heaven and in earth. And when a people began to say, Jesus, 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 all of hell begins to tremble. Hell does not want you to speak that powerful name of Jesus. You don't understand, preacher, where I am. Amen. I need a five-step program that'll take me out of this depression. No, you need somebody to anoint you with oil and to pray over you in Jesus' name and bind that spirit of depression. You need somebody to pray over you. You need somebody to call the name of Jesus out over your situation. So be it. So be it unto you. According to your faith, so be it. I feel a tongue talk and shout coming on here tonight. Why? Because there's people that are saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And as you begin to say Jesus, amen, that despair begins to lift off of you. That anxiety begins to lift off of you. That depression begins to lift off of you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. Say it again.